gonna get. I'm a hippity hoppity type of player. Grab that one. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> right oh, oh no, a nice wall. I found a nut. I didn't volunteer for this. I didn't even get my. Thank you, coffee. I'm Destroy. Destroy. What's up, Caffeine's Caff friends? My name is Perk, joined today again on the Caffeine's Cast, as always, again or always, by Moose. How you doing, Moose? Good. Um, I'm just, you know, busy cleaning up my shrine to Todd Howard. Okay, cool. I was figuring that you were going to, like, interject with some sort of, like, praise of Todd Howard, so... Um, yeah, you, always be prepared. You kind of had me in the first half. I thought you would be like, oh, I was cleaning up my room. I was going to be like, huh. That's a weird way of saying that you're praising Todd Howard. But um, <laughs> so for uh, for those unaware, uh, E3 was last week. E3 is obviously Electronics Entertainment Expo. It is the largest game conference, um, I guess, in the world. And it's been going for a number of years now. I'd say, I, I, I want to say it's at least 20, uh, maybe even longer. I, I think it started in like the late, late 90s. Um, but either way, um, much like last year, um, this was a fully digital conference. Uh, they had some, some people on stages doing stuff and like at couches or whatever. I never really know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I didn't watch that at all. You didn't watch the main thing? I didn't either. I, no. I started just, I just watching tuned the direct. In, yeah, I tuned into the direct cast from whatever studios or whatever yeah. were actually giving the presentation. Yeah, same. I kind of... I normally do sort of start with like the um the pre stuff because I think it's like I always just get into it, but like this year I just for whatever reason it just felt I don't know kind of cringy to me. I guess I'll be honest. Um, None of the people they had up there were like people I recognized. Yeah, if they had had people I knew, I would have watched. Yeah, they there was one I was watching. I think it was like it was day three and like they were talking about are like oh hey day three is the best which is like you know your standard fare of like you know game personalities that are there to hype it up and the host was just like not having it and they were yeah. just like yeah i don't know if day three is gonna be the best and i was just like holy shit like i mean we're... as we'll we'll cover in a few minutes my personal favorite you know matt mercer <laughs> did the voiceover for quite possibly the worst showing of the conference Oh, he did. Did he do uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game? Yeah, he voiced all the Square Enix. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously great, but that yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Square Enix was, whew. And, and I am a Square Enix fan. Like I generally like most of the games they put out, but woo, yeah, that was. I'll, I think that was the first time that like an E three segment for me was like difficult to watch. Yeah. Um. I think well, yeah. every passing year, though, you can really feel the absence of Sony. Um, I don't necessarily... I wouldn't say it's the absence of Sony. I would say that I think no matter what studio it was, it just feels like a little bit of power or a little bit of the energy was taken away from E3. Um, with companies kind of starting to do like their own thing. And I've seen like Nintendo do this for a long time with like the directs. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of weird i guess you know like, they they watched enough wwdc and they're like hey apple does this whole thing a couple times a year like we could definitely do one yeah. and how many times have like people had to explain to people oh my gosh there's no diablo 4 news yeah that's because there's something called blizzcon yeah and blizzard does their own thing yeah so they're not going to show up for e3 yeah it's like kind of sad i guess in a way it looking at that i, I kind of do like 
I miss the days when E3 was just packed with stuff. I legitimately, like, there was a year that I was working at GameStop, and I was just, like, full shill. And I think it was, like, eight bucks, and I bought, like, the DVD, like, conference. Because it was just, like, there was genuinely so much stuff being announced. And there was a lot of just passion in the people that were kind of presenting it, I guess. It's become yeah. obviously way easier, way better with, you know, streaming services, the internet, and, and the buzz kind of I think circling that they way. definitely played it safe this year. They very much did. Very, like, um, very safe show. I don't think there were any games that were shown that are going to just, like, slide off and disappear and not be released. Unlike last year, which yeah. we're still waiting for some of the stuff. Like, Beyond Good and Evil... Yeah, uh, where, like where the did next that game, game go? Yeah. Where's it gone? No one's heard of it. There's Final been no Fantasy updates or anything. Si Final Fantasy 16 as well. Unless I missed something. I did not see anything for Final no, Fantasy 16. No, nothing. They announced f First Fantasy <laughs> with that yeah. like prequel game, which I'm going to play 100%. Yeah, the origin game? Yeah, it's First Fantasy instead of, it. you know? Yeah, I don't understand great. that, and I don't First want to Fantasy. understand it. <laughs> I don't know. I truthfully don't. I, I, I don't really know what they were looking at in terms of like hey what could we show them um, the second their press conference opened with like 20 minutes worth of guardians of the galaxy i was like they have nothing yep i was like you do not go into a deep deep like multi-segment of a game that looks and sounds like this if you've got and something good in the tank both square and nintendo do this really annoying thing that i really hate where they like show a trailer and then they show the trailer again with explanation and yeah. like some extra gameplay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just show me another game. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I'm with you on that. I want the pace to move. I want to be excited. I'll go back and look at the deep dives because they always have those like side bit segments where it's somebody and someone from the game studio um, and like a caster, or creator, or whatever, showing off mm -hmm. like more of the game. That's that's the perfect usage of that. Like, don't put that main stage. Like that is that is not what people want to see from main stage, right? So, um, but I think so for me. So we kind of we we jump straight into it. Um, I want to go through this segment by segment because to me there's two kind of standouts, and I'm, I mean there's actually really one standout to me. Xbox slash Bethesda like blew out everything else. Um, oh, for sure. And that's even with Nintendo coming up with some stuff. I know. You were saying you were not a fan of what? Uh, so my Nintendo my thing offer. with the the Xbox Bethesda conference, it doesn't matter what kind of gamer you were, or are, you could have walked away with something that you were interested in. The other conferences, I didn't really have that. It's fair. That's fair to say. Um, yeah, I think Bethesda slash Xbox or however it's really presented, it's all rolled into one now. Um, Xthesda. Xthesda. They had some, honestly, like, no shilling. I know I, like, am the poster child for Game Pass somehow. But um, they genuinely had some really good stuff. I mean, we saw a little bit of, albeit not gameplay, but we saw a theme, some visuals for Starfield. That was right. That was the main runner for Bethesda. With a slew that of interviews given out to the media, like, after. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Um, I think it was an interesting tone. It seems different than I was expecting, but I like I like it. Um, so I'm really curious to see how Starfield goes. I'm obviously going to be playing that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, all they had to say was, it's Skyrim in space. Yeah, it's Space and, like, Rim. Cool. Like, the fact that it doesn't look, like, gritty and, like, post-apocalyptic, like, Fallout is I, what separates it. I thought it might have. I thought, I, I truthfully thought we were going to see Fallout in space. That was kind no, of... No, but it's it's looking more like a Mass Effect meets Skyrim. Yeah, I, and I think that's good. I think that's a lot... That's what I was saying, like, you know, the, the tone was actually very good a very good thing to like yeah. set in place it reminds me of like the early destiny trailers where they're like oh yeah. my gosh you're like the colonization mm-hmm. like this is space yeah the frontier exactly like literally like the frontier concept of space like hey like we're gonna be probably like working up in space doing stuff running you know quests for people to like buying our you know, space horse armor yeah buy all that you know gotta gotta <laughs> join space force 100 percent that's the Space Force Simulator. Um, but that was great. I, did they announce the release date? I thought like 11 11 22 was like pitched in like. Yeah. Earth. That's yeah, the release no, date yeah. for Starfield. Yeah. So on the dial inside the um, like the cockpit of the Starship, mm. it like flicked to that. Okay. Because they, they've been working, as they said, they've been working Long on this time. game for 15 years yeah. waiting for the next gen consoles to come out yeah so they could actually make this game equal to their vision which is why it's not releasing on the playstation 4 and the old consoles good that is that is really a really really good thing i know a lot of people were talking about that and um i i wasn't like i I guess people still want to hang on to the cold consoles specifically i would say this generation kind of makes the most sense just because we're seeing the gpu shortage and the supply chain issues right. with crypto miners and stuff kind of having an effect deeper than just um, GPUs for, you know, the retail market for computers uh, and the enthusiasts. It's actually affecting the uh, completion of uh, the new consoles, the PS5 and the, uh, the Xbox. Right. Um, so to officially, you know, I, I see players wanting to be like, hey, we want some new games. I think a game like um, Cyberpunk is a perfect example of why this is better to leave those other consoles 100%. behind like because the game cyberpunk was unplayable on ps4 and they were re- refunding it and stuff they took it and, off the marketplace bethesda also knows that unlike cd project red if you don't share anything about the game and you just say we're working on it and we'll show it to you when it's done <laughs> you're not gonna under deliver in the end yeah i think bethesda is a little bit better with the whole hey soon well they've been doing they've trademark. been doing it for longer trust us they have a little bit um, they, I'm down for that, and I, I think somebody on Reddit made a good point. They, they said, with Bethesda being acquired by Xbox by Microsoft, um, they're not necessarily now worried about how many units of a game that they're selling. They're worried. Mm-hmm. They're focused more on making uh, a game and an experience that sells the platform, and the platform being right. the Xbox console game and Game Pass. Um, which may I'd even total say that I'd even say Game Pass over the console. Hundred percent. Yes. Because if you look at the games they showed, I think there were only a couple that weren't on PC. Yes. Everything else was like it's coming to PC. It's on Game Pass, and yep. like even the ones like even though they said Starfield is going to be like an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. That does not mean that it's going to be a forever exclusive. Right. That could just be marketing term for like a timed exclusivity deal. Right. Like we all know they do. Yes. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I'm. I'm. I personally sure. would personally would love it to stay Xbox exclusive. 
But that's because the PlayStation people get very uppity. They do get very uppity and very like wired in about like the exclusives. I I, I guess it's sort of like a tribalistic like thing of like wanting to belong to like a team. Um, it's so weird being a PC only gamer and like seeing that still go on. Yeah, I kind of thought we were sort of transcending out of that where it's just like, hey, whatever box, whatever device you have, you want to be, we want to be able to play the same games, you know, or, and, you know, a, a good enough version of a game and, and play together if possible. If it's a multiplayer game. That's the way that I've always kind of just looked at it. I like, I don't, I don't understand wanting limits on mm -hmm. stuff like that, especially as consumers. Like I could see if you had a heavily invested stake in a company, you'd want them to do well over another. Right. Um, but like we're consumers, it doesn't benefit anybody to like cheer on like limitations. Like I, I just, yeah, it, we probably shouldn't be like corporate chills all the time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like also that benefits the corporations, right? Don't forsake like, me, Todd Howard. Don't forsake us, Todd Howard. Bless, <laughs> bless us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just weird. I, I would look at the um exclusivity being and, and they mentioned this too that it's going to be easier to develop you know for one type of you know oh yeah you know, thing whereas other, i somebody else made this um good um comparison too is that arguably the ps5 and the xbox are almost identical in terms of like power and limitations so mm -hmm. it, it probably isn't much to port it um but at the same time i like that it's just right now at the focus of the game's launch hey, we're just doing this version of the game. This way we don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. We can develop the game the way that we want to develop it, which I think is great. I'm so, so. excited we're getting Creative Engine 2. Yeah. Bethesda. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It, all, it, it does mean that the modding community is going to take a little while to get going. It is. but I mean, they're going to have to learn the new engine. It, but it, it it's gonna also it also takes a while with... Maybe uh, it means know. I won't be able to stack paintbrushes as a ladder in the world. Hey, I mean that's fun though. We we like that. It's that fine. Classic uh, Oblivion throwback. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, it's kind of awesome to see the things that people do with mods. But I'm okay with playing. This game seems like it's gonna have so much to it that it's gonna be enough to satiate you know us a good mm -hmm. long single player playthrough until you know that comes out. Plus, um, Elder Scrolls Six will be presumably made in the same engine. So yes, those 100%. kind of things will be more in place when Elder Scrolls. I think that's that makes the most sense is to sort of test this engine with Starfields. And a, and a lot of people came into this conference expecting to get Elder Scrolls Six info. No, when they explicitly said no. they weren't going to be giving out any like Elder Scrolls stuff until Starfield was done and shipped. Yeah, which I wouldn't want them to. Like we saw, I think it was last year like, they literally showed like the number six and they did a a, a flyby of like an area, which left people to mm -hmm. speculate. You know, hey, is the next game going to take place in Hammerfell or, you know, um, Glenumbra, I guess, is the other region that yeah. could, uh, and, could take place. you in. know, they've been keeping people occupied. Like, they keep supporting ESO and hyping it up. They really like, do. an expansion just released. An expansion and, like, like a leveling overhaul. Elder Scrolls ESO. fans can wait a little bit. They can. I yeah. don't think they want to, like, shoot Starfield in the foot by, like, having everyone focus only on Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Also, I think Elder Scrolls fans generally, like like you and I, like Elder Scrolls fan, like I know some people maybe have just played Skyrim and go, where's, my, where's Skyrim to? Um, generally, Elder Scrolls fans, I think, have also an interest in all their stuff that Bethesda does. Like, I think there's a decent amount of crossover 
in their IPs with like There's some, there's some. Um like I play Fallout, you know, for certain. I'm definitely gonna play Starfield. Starfield looks a little more appealing to me than Fallout. Um but I still always play Fallout. I was down to play Fallout seventy six until it was what it was. I still yeah. might I'm it's still on, not down. It's on Game Pass. I kinda might I, I was kinda oh, thinking don't about Don't say trying. that. Don't say that. I installed it. Like I installed oh, fine. it. I can try it. Right? Like, why not? Okay, yeah, fine, okay. It's on Game Pass. Clan, Clan Knight. Clan Knight, Fall Fallout 76, Game Pass. Be there. Game Pass. <laughs> but, um, yeah. What other games were you liking? Um, so, there's a couple of things that, like, were, like, whatever. Uh, the biggest, honestly, for me, the biggest one, even more than Starfield, was um, Halo's PvP. I it looks nutty. I am insanely excited for this. It is... So... But there was rumors a while ago that Halo, um, Halo Infinite was going to be, you know, maybe a a, pay, a, a uh, sorry a free to play multiplayer experience. Turns out it mm-hmm. is a free to play multiplayer. Yes, experience. and that's the only reason I'm actually like super excited for it. Yes, I have no interest in paying three forty three for a campaign. A lot of people feel exactly the same way. And I love Halo. Like that's Halo is like has like the roots of our our clan, the caffeines in it. Yeah. But um, so I mean, like I'm always gonna play the campaigns. But you are not alone. And half the time, I don't even finish the campaigns until way later. I just jump into PvP with after, Halo. After I would say after like ODSC and Reach, I just like couldn't get into it. I've tried playing it. I tried playing four. I tried playing five. Well, the, like Reach was the last Bungie narrative, right? So that makes and sense. and like dealing with like their branch off with like the forerunners and like there was like the new alien race which i don't even remember what they were and like it was too much for me it was like it went down this hole that like it reminded me of the kingdom hearts hole and i just didn't want to go down there <laughs> yeah it, it definitely got, got like away from itself and there was like the two teams there was like fire team osiris and fire team blue i forgot what master chief's uh team was i am sad that they did say that um teams for the new multiplayer Mm -hmm. aren't going to be defaulted to red versus blue yeah um i i guess yeah i mean that has a little bit of the game's dna in it which is red versus blue and also the show and like i don't necessarily mind that i i think those fears will kind of be uh quelled once oh, we yeah, see the, the game's gonna be fun the game's and gonna that's be what fun matters most. It, it looks insane um but even more importantly too you know you see free to play halo and you go all right this looks amazing but oh god it's gonna be terrible it's it's free to play like where's show me the caveat show me the season pass here's where it gets interesting the season passes are arguably done better than any other company has ever done it in video gaming you buy the Mm -hmm. season pass you not only get to keep the season pass forever they don't expire and if you have multiples that are stacking like overlapping you get to decide which where your xp is going from playing right so let's say you bought season one and season two comes out you didn't finish season one if there was some stuff in season one that you want to plug away and finish you can go and finish that one before you put your XP towards season two. Like I support that. Holy shit. That's amazing. I like I can't believe the answer was so simple. Like just make them not expire. Make them actual content packs that people own and let them put experience towards it. Um because I mean 
I was, if you look at Master Chief Collection, that's actually how it functions. Like, so Halo right. Master Chief Collection, for those who don't know, um, is a conglomerate of all of the Halo games, essentially, aside from Halo 5, together in one, you know, program, essentially. And the game has multiple season passes. When they brought um, Halo Reach was the first one to make its way over to the PC. Um, and there was the entire season pass, I guess, or the, the unlocks section, like verbatim from the Xbox 360 version of Halo Reach. You got to level up um, and do it. When mm -hmm. Halo, I think Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2 came out shortly after, um, they also brought in cosmetics that you can unlock. But you can also just take your your points. And if you didn't really care about any of the cosmetics for Halo 1 or Halo 2, you can continue finishing your Halo Reach um, cosmetics unlocks. So they had it back then. Um, they just, you know, it was part of the game, so it didn't really present itself really as a season pass. But this is essentially them perfectly translating that, going, hey, do you want this? You can get this one. If, if, if you're going to be playing a lot of Halo and you like the stuff that we've got in this pass, buy it, unlock it whenever. Uh, and I am dumbstruck with, like, just how well implemented that sounds. How it's going to come out when we see it in the gameplay, how grindy it's going to be, um, we'll make a judgment call on then. But I've, I think either way, no matter how grindy you make it, um, I think just giving players content and letting them keep it, removing the FOMO of battle passes, season passes. We, we talked about that on an entire podcast. It, you know, it incentivizes you to play. I played Apex uh, yesterday and I went through and I was like, oh, let me finish up this like flash season battle like thing and it was like it was already gone like i had missed unlocking it and i was like oh that feels bad like that's not a great feeling to have it's missed, missed out on stuff so not to like derail too much but the i have seen the counterpoint to it to being free to play is that mm -hmm. we're gonna get the same problem with destiny hundreds huh. and hundreds and hundreds of cheaters yeah i mean yeah it, it's it's one of those things where it's gonna really depend on how they implement their anti-cheat software. I don't think they're making their own. I think they use e easy anti-cheat, if I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, so hopefully just band waves will be good. Um, I mean, Master Chief Collection, you could still play it. You could still conceivably cheat if you really wanted to because um, you can just get the trial of Game Pass and go in there. And we haven't really seen too many cheaters, honestly. Like, I feel like there's been like one from my time with the game um like one time where i was like whoa that is egregious um i think everybody like left yeah. left the lobby anyway for me there were actually like a couple standout like games of the show mm -hmm. um one was you know they did a summer games conference yes before e3 even started they did and they showed off the new 40 player like 40 player player Tarkov map that's uh, coming out soon. Okay. It looks amazing. So it's going to actually have 40 full, like real players, like no bots. 40 bring your own gear in players. Interesting. Not counting scavs. Okay. So there's going to be. There will still be scavs. Yeah. There's okay. going to be three scav bosses, and there's a tank that you can use as a taxi system somehow oh, if wow. you can pay for it, and the gun on it is usable. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And they showed, like, their physics engine's been updated, so there's, like, destructible, like, they blew a hole in a wall and, like, breached into the other, oh, like, wow. room. That's And, like, really cool. grenades were knocking stuff off shelves and stuff. Like, it's a huge update coming. That's awesome. That sounds great. So there was that. Stalker 2 
in the same vein. Looks I mean, amazing. Yeah. You were saying um, you were saying that that game was like the inspiration. The original stock was like the inspiration for Tarkov. Yeah, yeah. So it has like the same basic principle of like, you know, it's a single player game, not a multiplayer game. Right. But it's the same sort of like survival. Like you get a gun, you like kit it out, you like go through, and it's kind of like Fallout where it like takes place outside of Chernobyl, and mm. there's like anomalies that are like basically like happened after the incident yeah that's created almost like a fallout type situation where like things are mutating and like things are getting crazy that game that the game looked really good i, I kind of want to go back to play the original stalker that you were talking about it when we were watching um it's i think you can the get stream. the original stalkers for like 10 bucks yeah they're they're pretty old i think um so that's definitely something i i, I dig the uh the whole storytelling of that it seemed pretty pretty sweet um what else did you have for your standouts? Battlefield. Battlefield's the final Battlefield. one. Battlefield. It looks, looks so pretty good. cool. Yeah, they're calling it Battlefield 2042 instead of 19. It's multiplayer only. Cool. Yes. Good. Which I'm thankful for. Good. And I love the Battlefield franchise. It's just always really hard to get people into it. Um, yeah. Because a lot I've of the older it. games are like historical shooters, and like people either vibe with like World War Two, World War One, or they don't. Yeah. And so this one, like, moving into, like, future tech again is good. I think so. The trailer looked nutty. The guy's jumping out of a fighter jet and, like, landing back on it and, like, doing all kinds yeah, of Yeah, those were all stuff. homages to old Battlefield stunts that you could do in the old games. Yeah. And, like, clips that. on YouTube. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember seeing clips of, of people doing that stuff, which looked insane. I'm definitely going to try it. Um, I think battlefield diablo it's on game pass i actually don't think battlefield is on game pass really i think Battlefield. because oh, it's ea it's ea so I, it'll probably come to game pass because ea play is part of game pass but that's the the lower tier um, it just won't be like day one game it pass. won't be day one I, I found out that ea has two tiers so the base tier that normally you would pay five dollars a month for i think they kind of did like a reshuffle once they got bought into game pass so I think they wanted to still put some games um, to, to get people to buy them at launch, which it's, you know, it's EA. Are we surprised? Um, but I know that there is a bunch of stuff that is part of the bane, so it'll probably come to Game Pass, but I'm almost certain that it, it is not part of Game Pass on launch. Day. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so many games from the press conferences. Those were, like, the big standouts to me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to play, like, the new Plague Tale looks amazing as like a story game i've been replaying the first one i downloaded the like first in one. discord yeah i downloaded the first one again it's so good um, um like back for blood looks really fun yes i used to love left for dead that's a big one for me i used to play a lot of left for dead 2 uh and left for dead 1 um on the x that was like one of the early days of like hey we can meet up and play games online together like let's do it it's and we're playing more than just halo <laughs> like that was one of the cool things about left 4 dead is it just it was such a great community game great to jump into a queue mm -hmm. um and to play with randoms and stuff like that so that's what about that's what about you any other games that you were super interested in from bethesda xbox than, i mean what were you gonna say i was gonna say other than losing to certain people i was gonna age say of Empires 4. age of empires 4 was like a huge one for me uh yeah I, I mean i i'm hoping to come into that game fresh and uh crush kyle's spirit um i i think i can i think 
I think there's some. I looked at the way that the shadows were in the game. It looked like a game that I could get into. Had the it was it, it takes place at the right time of day, um, and you know that has everything to do with it. So, um, that one that one felt pretty good. Um, so there was there was another game from the Xbox conference that looked insane to me. It's called Replaced. Um, it's a 2D side scroller kind of game. It almost seems like a noir style. Like you seem to be this character that's like uncovering like the story. And it's it's a side scroller, which I love in general, but the artwork in this game looked insane. Was that the one where good. like um That's the one we were freaking your out about? Characters were like two D, but the whole world was like actually like super animated. Uh it had like a lot of depth to it. It is a two D yeah. side scrolling game. That game looks so good. Like that is like replaced looks incredible. I don't think there was a release date for it, but that's like I think it's like a day one game pass. I'm 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 gonna play that game day one. I, I usually for single player games, I kind of let them pile up and then I jump into one once I have some time to go through it. But that one looks insane to me. Um, Outer Worlds two looked pretty good. Um, I never played the first one. It was, I really should because it's made by like Obsidian. Yeah, I think you would. I think you would probably like it. The, the second I one probably looks would. pretty good. Um, yeah, there was some cool stuff. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean DLC for. Sea of Thieves. I figured you. That is that. another story entirely. That I will just say, I'm glad that it's coming mm-hmm. because, like, the single player Sea of Thieves is really great, but mm-hmm. the Sea of Thieves player base has been looking for other stuff that's been promised to us for such a long time that, like, my normal group of people, the Cacklers, yeah. who I would play with, are not playing Sea of Thieves because of they promised that there would be like a captaincy update. Where we could like name our ships and like you could gain ranks as like the captain of the ship and stuff, and they have never delivered on that because they have no idea how to actually implement it. That makes sense. And so they're just gonna keep releasing these like campaign modes, which are very cool, but I just have a sour taste for Sea of Thieves in general right now. That's fair. Yeah, if if there's there's something that's been long waited, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to get excited about content that'll come out after, and you're left going. Yeah, this is great, but where's where's what you told us that we were getting some time back? Um, but yeah, uh, overall, Xbox Bethesda knocked it out of the park. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of stuff. You have Top Gun DLC for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like, come on! Like, there's just so much in that conference. Um, the other, the only other game that I'm really keeping my eye on, other than Life is Strange, but that was covered in multiple press conferences. Yes. And I'm going to buy that, like, day one. Yes, I know you're um, that. Is the Redfall game that they announced at the very end? Yeah. What do you think I about like that? it, but I don't like the art style at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really digging the art style, but the game, like, we didn't see any gameplay. We saw, like, a, you know, a CG trailer for yeah. it. If those yeah. If those abilities that the characters were using are an indication of how they'll be in the game, mm-hmm. um... I think unless we're fighting, like if we're fighting like hordes or like multiple enemies, it made I think me think of like a Bethesda version of Left 4 Dead, only with vampires. Yes, very much giving the same vibes on that. But um, like, I'm not fan of the art style they went for. Yeah, I'm with you on but that. But I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, it'll be a Game Pass game, so we can you know, could always try it. That's kind of the cool one of the cool aspects of it. So. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna try that. But yeah, not a fan of the art style. Looks cool though. It looks almost like a ghost busting vampire game. 
I don't know. It's, it's definitely it seems to be it's treading a little bit of new ground, especially with the abilities, the way that they work. Because um, Left 4 Dead, obviously, when you're playing as the survivors, you're just using weapons and your meds and stuff to kind of hold down mm-hmm. the fort. But the ability aspect of it seems seems fun. So let's now move on to uh, Square Enix. Well, you might as well just skip Square Enix. They, they basically didn't show up. They really didn't. Um, they had remarkably nothing to show. We talked about it at the Matt start. Matt Mercer of showed up. Matt Mercer did. And graced us with his amazing voice. He did. But the games, I know. Yeah, there was... Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Avengers DLC for a game that's already dead. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah. And they had a lot of opportunity with that Avengers game to really kind of yeah. get it going. And the worst part is the Nintendo conference then rammed it down my eyes again and spotlight the same games that were in the Square Enix. Like, they showed off Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and the Avengers DLC. Yeah. I was like, you both are really bringing nothing to the table if you're showing us the same stuff Yeah, I just saw yesterday. Yeah, 100%. It is kind of kind of uh suffice to say like a rough uh showing for it but um i do want to talk about the nintendo conference so let's let's start on that um the first thing i'll let let you say your piece the same let me say my piece that you could tell me how much you hate every game that showed um so it starts off and you see ganondorf being carried over to like a volcano and you're like oh my god like what's going on here is that link like gonna throw him in like is this like a dark version of zelda that like fans have been clamoring for for like 20 something years um and then no you get to the edge of the cliff and it's kazuya mishima from tekken (laughs) throwing ganondorf off the cliff uh as he did to uh (laughs) god like i understand it's like it was like a debate like on purpose yeah but when you're a headline opening your conference is literally pulling a character from another franchise that's not really known for being on nintendo and being like guess what opening up our press conference we got a tekken character another one in smash let's yeah. everyone get hyped up well, no a, there was no other tekken characters in smash so far what did, i thought there were uh no so there was uh ryu and ken from street fighter oh, they're street fighter and then i'm sorry they're they're the same to me terry bogard is from final fight I know that hurts you deep down. It does. But. It does. I am literally traumatized. <laughs> I have received emotional damage. Um, but that's okay. Kazuya being in there is pretty cool. He looks great. I mean, all of his abilities and stuff were He looks shown, fun, like, but that's Smash. just like not... Like, when I think of like a Nintendo press conference, I want to see like them bringing out like new IPs because I think Nintendo gets away with gimmicky hardware and writing on the same IPs constantly. And, like, spending a ton of time, like, going over moves and, like, stuff for a fighter DLC for Smash is not what I want to see at E3. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I'll I'll, I'll completely be with you on there. Like, we, it's it, it was one of those things where it, this conference did feel like Nintendo had some things. Um, but also, at the same time, it felt like they didn't have some things. Um, I don't know they if it was the ahead. new Metroid. <clears throat> the new Metroid. I think that was that. So the new Metroid Prime Dread and it's not Prime Shin Megami Dread. Tensei. It's not. Prime oh yeah, Dread. not Prime. That's the, just that's, Metroid Dread. That's the important distinction: is that whoa, we're getting another 2D Metroid. Amazing. Where the hell is Metroid Prime Four? 
Gotcha, gotcha. Where you is see, Metroid? I never, I've actually never played a Metroid. I think you um, would enjoy them. I owned Prime on the GameCube. Yeah. But it was too hard, and I couldn't beat the first level as a kid, so I never played it. You would probably enjoy it if you played it today. Um, I, Metroid is one of my favorite. Um, it's it easily my number two Nintendo IP. Um, ranks pretty up there. Metroid Prime is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I've played through like, that so much. I was looking at this like press conference. Mm. I haven't touched my Switch since Animal Crossing came out, and yeah. I like got burnt out on it. Yeah. I was looking for a reason to reconnect my Switch and play it. Yeah. And other than the Advanced Wars remake, that's the only game that they showed that I had any interest in. I will. I will say that if you're if you're looking for a reason to to boot up the Switch after this conference, this this presentation did not give you any. Um, this gave me uh, an interest for. I think it's next month is when we get the Skyward Sword remake, um, which I'm down for 100. percent um, It's a remake. It is a remake. However, let's let's jump to the the kind of the headliner for uh, Nintendo's conference, which was the Breath of the Wild two um, footage, which looks fantastic there's new abilities link there's there's a remix of old abilities from breath of the wild so for a little brief segue for me uh, i know we talk about destiny a lot on this podcast because where our clan's from and, and and different kind of things like that my arguably my favorite video game franchise of all time is legend of zelda um when breath of the wild came out i played it nonstop. i think i have like 170 hours into it and that's just from like playing it at launch basically um, when when a Zelda game comes out, there's always that kind of question, and this has gone back for generations with Nintendo hardware, of going, you know, are we going to get a second, you know, is it going to be a one Zelda game per console launch? Are we going to mm-hmm. get multiples? Um, obviously, the NES got two, the Super Nintendo got one, um, the N64 kind of got back into the, the sequel thing. We had Ocarina of Time, and the same engine was used for Majora's Mask. So it was kind of like a, you get both. You get two on there. Um, right. Going into the GameCube, we only got one because Wind Waker wasn't received very well, despite it being one of the best Zelda games amongst That's the actual only game. Zelda game that I've played. When, I love Wind Waker. It's Unless you count tremendous. like the Game Boy Advance handheld. Those are that also I've played, excellent. I've played Oracle of Seasons. Those are uh, excellent game. Excellent, excellent game. Um... But the the point of the story that I'm trying to make is that Zelda games often, it feels like there's still so much untapped, even when you've tread every inch of space in the map, and especially with something like Breath of the Wild, where it didn't quite have the classic Zelda gameplay of you know progression from start of the game, getting your, your starting weapons and things, and then starting to make your way through the dungeons. Um, it kind of gave a more freeform approach, but it was interesting in a way that they were able to I mean, one, the game frame rate did not run very well when the game started, when when the game launched, I should say. Um, but the game just had so much to offer and so much life to it mm-hmm. that it was easy to just jump in and mess around in the game and like find a little cavern of something or you know, yeah, or, or whatnot. Building up your house and your collection of stuff um, was awesome, especially since the game kind of transitioned away from permanent unlocks in favor of kind of giving you that fear of, hey, you can only carry a certain amount of things with you, like Link's, you know, a bottomless pocket of bombs that he keeps in his butt or whatever um, does have kind of like some restriction to it. But that that made it cool. That made it a little bit 
you, you kind of were scared a little bit in a way of, depending on what you would run into which which added a good element to it but to say all that is that Zelda games always do feel like there could be more to them and I kind of do like seeing the sequels take place in the same engine giving them a chance to kind of refine things while also add on to the same story so I am yeah super excited for the Breath of the Wild 2 sequel a lot of I don't know if they're either trolls or they're just like people who don't understand the way things work mm -hmm. are like saw the footage and are now like on Twitter and on Reddit going oh my gosh it looks exactly like Breath of the Wild 1 yep. why doesn't the game at least look better like this is supposed to be a sequel you're supposed to be improving things and I was like this is Nintendo you don't you can't ask questions like that because they're still running on hardware that would have been peak like 10 years ago yeah they're running on hardware i mean also to be fair it's a it's a mobile platform essentially for all or all things right. considered it is the nintendo switch is a mobile platform so the fact that they look as good as they do and they offer like a full-on like like classic gaming experience is impressive i can go on for six episodes of this podcast talking about how nintendo's archaic concept of the internet makes me want to like beat my head into a wall um it's so, too much for me. It's a lot. It's my a childlike lot. love of like everything Nintendo has slowly whittled away as I realized how like regressive they are. They're quite regressive, almost seemingly on purpose. I was, I originally thought it was ineptitude, but um, like it's not. Like Nintendo's executives are pretty sharp with where their brand is going, and I don't actually even think it's them. I I think there is some hidden department of Nintendo that I think like it's a cultural thing too. It could be. Like, it's Nintendo culture. Yeah. And it's been that way, and it's going to stay that way. Yeah, they're not necessarily looking to uh, change like, things Like, I'll still, I'll still pick up, you know, a Pokemon, a new one. I love that game. Of course. It's and, like, Animal Crossing and stuff. But, like, Mario, don't care. I don't play the Mario I couldn't. Really. I couldn't even play Breath of the Wild. I tried. Didn't like it. Yeah, you mentioned that you didn't um, get more into it. I don't want to buy just another game pack of party games when Steam is full of party games. So, like, Nintendo doesn't have anything to offer for me. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand that. I'm really excited about Advance Wars. I freaking love Advance Wars. I spend more time on Advance Wars than any other game on my Game Boy Advance. It's really great. I'm kind of glad that they're coming back. I, that is that is a remake that I do not mind at all. I think that's cool. I'm down for it. If they ever made another Golden Sun, then I'd buy Golden you know, Sun. Would I'd be pull out nutty. I'd pull out my Switch again. But Golden Sun even getting those nutty. like old school RPGs again yeah. is few and far between. Yeah. No, I uh I feel you. It, it is kind of it's rare unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do kind of miss those times. And I think when I think back to it too, is, um, the Game Boy Advance was actually the pinnacle platform for developers to sort of experiment on, um, because it wasn't too far away from the, the 16 bit era when it was a 16 bit, basically console. Um, but it also allowed the iteration and the furthering of ideas that may have been born for something like the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era that didn't really come to fruition but had an opportunity to for the sake of making a game and selling it on Game Boy. I would be really interested to see 
I know the Game Boy is obviously a tremendous um, platform, but I'm, I'm very curious how games like that sold. I know they're very well beloved, um, but honestly, us talking about it on this podcast doesn't necessarily resonate all the way back to Nintendo. Um, right. Things, well, I mean, things like sales numbers, you know, of like Mario do. That's, that's, that's here's, my interest. Here's, yeah, and this is what brings me to the reality of my criticism. Everyone went into E3 going, I want to see Starfield. I want to see Elden Ring. Yes. Like all these other big game titles. And at the end of the day, they're going to sell peanuts compared to the amount of Mario parties. Yes. That get shipped. And, like, Nintendo knows that. They deliver what they know a large majority of their fan base is looking for. The problem is I'm no longer the majority of their fan base. It's true. Yeah. That, that, that is true. And I, I I think there's a lot of folks that, that, that those games are going to resonate with, and they're going to go and gobble it up, and they're going to go and enjoy it, and those, those sales are going to be... Those kind of sales projections are going to be completely upheld. Um, and they're going to say, hey, look, see, we did sell this much. Like, this is valuable Yeah, Because I see, for me, like, in my jaded eyes, I see every Mario Party to come out and stuff like that. Just through that, like, hazy lens of just another shovelware, kind of like you get a new FIFA every year. That's how I view it. I was, when I initially heard the announcement, I was like, oh, they're doing DLC for the Mario Party that came out like a year ago or 2019 or something like that. But eh, this looks like it's a whole other game, which feels silly to me. Like, it's like, I believe that, right? This, all, this, is, it's a, this like, is a whole new launch of a game. It's a whole new launch of the most recent game with added stuff from the old games. So, so it's like not really bringing anything new. It's literally just like smashing everything they've already made together into one. Mm, that should have been DLC. Like this seemed like a DLC announcement. If it was just DLC, because there there was a Mario Party that came out. I think it, I think it was 2019, and I remember everybody being really upset that it didn't have online um, play yeah. with it. And I think they patched that. I think they they added an online uh, thing. But there's so many Mario Party s games out now, even on PC. I agree, but I think this still this would have been exciting to me if this was just DLC for an existing game that I can go and maybe pick up for 20 bucks and then buy whatever this yeah. DLC was and kind of go from there. I, and like, I, I know... really don't like them relaunching content that is very, very, very similar. They did it to an extent with the Wii U with games like Pokken mm -hmm. and Hyrule Warriors. And I understood, and, and Mario, Party, or Mario Kart 8, I understood that because of how like drastically and like record-settingly low the sales of the Wii U were. I did right. understand relaunching those games. It was an easy port for them. You know, I I, I got here's, that. Here's the weird thing. So we know that like Nintendo's, Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever Pro, yeah, Pro whatever right. their hardware refresh is, is happening. Yes. Like there's too much out there for them to like not say anything about it. Yeah. It almost feels like their E3 conference was kind of like one of those middle years where they were going to move to a new generation of console. But we know they're not. Right. They're just simply updating the current console. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. If if Nintendo manages... And I don't think they're going to use the word pro because Nintendo is afraid of, like, feeling professional and, like, games... They they don't want anything to do with esports, so professional in the title of it, I don't think it's going to fly. No, I think it's going to be called, be called like, Switch, New Nintendo Switch. New yeah. Switch or something stupid like that. Um, 
like they saw Apple do that with like the iPad three, and they were like, "Oh, we love this. Yes, let's go." And even Apple was like, "Oh, that was bad," because um, it like didn't inspire people to go buy it. Like they didn't know what the difference was. Same with right. like the Wii U. A lot of people, a lot of parents even thought they're like, "Oh, I thought that's just like an add-on for the Wii or something like that." They're yeah, like, I thought you, it was like we have a Wii at home. Bad. Yeah, yeah, we have a Wii at home. <laughs> Wii at home. <laughs> exactly. Um, bad marketing can ruin something like even for as big as Nintendo coming off the heels of arguably one of their I will, largest successes ever with the Wii. I will say Nintendo usually, at least currently, their current trend is to do a ton, a ton of directs. And they've been releasing a lot of new information on new IPs and new games yeah. and stuff like that through that instead of these big conferences. But I feel like everyone had an expectation that like after COVID and everything, this was going to be a big E3. Yeah. Like everyone needed to show up and show, hey, remember how last year everyone said we need more time? Like we're yeah. all in crunch, like everyone's working from home. Yeah. Like now that things are winding down everyone came in expecting to see something yeah that'll wow them and a few of the press conferences did not deliver yes completely completely agree um was was the diablo 4 or the diablo class or um sorry the diablo 2 remake was that the only blizzard stuff that we saw yeah but that's not too surprising they only do their stuff usually at blitzcon yeah uh, what was weird is that we saw nothing for we saw a trailer for um, the remake of Pokemon um, Diamond and Pearl, but we didn't see anything for the Arceus game that's supposed to come out next year. No, their Pokemon is traditionally never shown at E3. Hmm. I feel like this. They usually do their own events. They do, but I, I feel like this was, would have been the year to like show it. They also pulled the thing where they're like, we definitely have more titles in the works that we're not showing right now. Mm-hmm. That's like the like yeah my homework's in my other backpack like that's <laughs> just like it felt like that I was like man like literally I, sh- what I loved <sighs> my big personal thing yeah was um Xbox like opened up the conference game after game after game and they were like oh yeah we're releasing Life is Strange collection blah 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 and they did their spiel mm-hmm. and then Nintendo literally showed the worst fidelity one and we're like hey we're also getting Life is Strange. Yeah. <laughs> Only with our Nintendo graphics. Yeah. It was, and everyone was like, Ugh. <laughs> It was weird. I actually didn't see initially that Xbox had shown it off. I thought it was showcased on the Nintendo um, stream. It's but... a technically, it's a it's a Square Enix title. Okay. That, that makes sense then. So I, I actually think that was the only game I liked out of the Square Enix press conference. That's fair. Yeah. That one looked, graphically at least, like it looked decent. Like it looked like it was an interesting... Uh, People don't play that series for the graphics. Yeah, no, it's people a play it because of game. the soundtrack's really good and the, it's a good story game. Mm. But yeah, um, I was also kind of shocked because um, I remember going into. Uh, I think we bet last week we we made some predictions. We were like, "What's going to be like the battle royale of this E3?" And I said, "Like mm-hmm. survival, like uh, voxel style games." We didn't see yeah, there wasn't a single one. Any of those. <laughs> we didn't see. I would have thought there was going to be a bunch of uh, I think people realize copies. that it it burns out too quick. It does. And I, I think it's... They also, I think, recognize that that game was so good because of the, the passion behind it. And it was a smaller, intimate team that was doing something, like, very specific as opposed to, you know, anything yeah. else. So. I don't know if there was, a, like, a... A big theme. I guess if you want to call the like theme for this one, it would be like E three of the shooters. And you got Back for Blood, you got Halo, yeah. Battlefield. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Far Cry. It was it was something. Um, so. But there wasn't really a big overall theme. Yeah, there wasn't. But uh. Which is good. That means that we're like getting a diverse field of games right now. I like that. I, like I was gonna say, like I know we didn't see a ton of like delivery and a ton of studios stepping up, but it feels like the the palette of games that was presented. It it felt like there was some variation to it. There were some indies. There was some classic things. There was some storytelling. There were some shooters. There were some survival like horror type of games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was some multiplayer stuff. There was some co op stuff. Like it, it definitely looked like it had like a good blend of there things. Was something together, for so. everyone. Yeah. Even you Nintendo fans. Even Nintendo fans. So, recapping, I think it was a decent E3. I think Xbox Bethesda absolutely killed it. Um, I think they would have still killed it for me even if they didn't show that little tiny bit of, like, Starfield's, like, theming. Todd Howard's style killed it. Todd Howard's... he walked out with his hoodie and his, his, like, pants that didn't match, like, anything, and his shoes, and then he, like, his Rolex, of course. Mm -hmm. And he was just like... I'm Todd Howard. I'm here to help, like say hello from Bethesda, and then just leaves. Yeah, like you win. Yep. I think Todd Howard uses the teal Windows 95 like wallpaper still. He probably does. He that's a flex. It is right. I mean, who doesn't enjoy that? But I feel like that's how Todd Howard rolls. It's just like taupe, like PC, like mm-hmm. style. Yeah, he's one of those people who like has one of those like early or late 90s like pc cases but inside it's like a stealth build Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think so it makes sense but all right that was our recap for e3 2021 um little underwhelming little bit left people wanting more there was a lot of games that were announced last year that we just heard nothing of i think that's kind of the big a big thing for me and i kind of felt weird it, is that there was no connecting of that it delivered what i thought it was going to deliver okay i wasn't like wowed by much mm-hmm. the things that i was interested in i'm definitely interested in okay like xbox with us like did great yeah but like when i want to watch e3 i want to like feel the need to watch all like three or four days of content same i want to be and excited i really only wanted to watch one press conference so yeah i, I was overall it was meh but. I was stoked for what I saw. Like, I, I really excited for the stuff that actually was shown that I liked. Um, but I guess outside of that, didn't drum up much new in, new interest or new hype for the horizon for me. It was stuff that I kind of already was ready for. Right. But, all right, guys, that does it for us. We're going to now go record our other new <laughs> podcast. Maybe. Sort of. Maybe. Maybe. Sort of. Um, there might be dice involved. There might be dice. There might be some sort of dice. Or not. Who knows? Or what, not. Who knows what's involved? Or not. Might not be. But, <laughs> we'll have to uh, read the rule book. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go read the rules live. <laughs> we're gonna do it live. Live. We're doing it live. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for watching, guys. My name is Perk. You can catch me at Perk FGC pretty much anywhere, and on caffeine streams on Tuesday evenings. Moose, where can they find you? Can they find you? Are um, you to be? Are you to be found? I'm trying not to be found, okay. but if you want to find me, you can find me at It's Space Moose on Twitch and It's Space Moose on Twitter and on the Caffeine's channel on Saturdays Boom. and or Fridays, depending on how the moons align. Mm, yes, if Mercury is retrograde. It depends on how much crime needs to be done. <laughs>
All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks again. Bye.